Wow. All right, cool. Today, uh, we don't have Will Brandstetter kicking off the show for us, so we're going to kick it off. But we got Hiller here and JR. And uh, today, we're going to be doing the second episode in the series where we're talking about programming. Uh, last week, we talked about kind of competitive athletes to a degree. And today, we are going to be talking about programming for an affiliate, which both Hiller and JR have quite an extensive repertoire to fall I was back just on. on Reddit. I was just on Reddit. <laughs> they opened it back up. <laughs> and I was reading something about how there isn't enough of this, ironically. Enough so, of? Talking about the affiliates. Yeah. 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 It was like, what, what media is missing in the space? And it was something about needing more talk about the affiliates. And yeah, it's interesting. Talk. I feel like I don't really ever hear how to program for an affiliate aside from the programming online course on crossfit.com, which is, you know, you know, it's pretty basic, but I don't know. Are there are a lot of shows or a lot of people just kind of talking about how they, there's like nothing out there, which is crazy. What route do you guys want to take with this? By the so, way, I, I got so many avenues. I think what would be good to talk about first is what are the pros and cons of programming for your own gym, for your mm, people? Because yeah, it's, like it. it's a, become a lot more popular for people to outsource that. And you still have some yeah. people that hold on to that responsibility. And I think above all, they really enjoy it. I think yeah. if you don't enjoy the programming side of it, if you're not somewhat of an artist in that regard, it would be really easy and probably smarter for time spent to outsource it to someone else who you, who you trust to do it well. So like Hiller, you were programming for your gym, I guess before there was a ton of other training camps offering affiliate programming. Do you remember the ones that were available and did you ever consider doing something like that? Comp train was around mm -hmm. and that was the one where people would have it shuttled to their inboxes, email every day and they go, Hey, did you see this? And they'd open up their Gmail account. And then I remember people were doing, What's what's the uh, that hardcore dude? Outlaw way. That's it. Yes, I don't even know if it's hardcore as much as the name is hardcore. Um, and outside of that, not very much. Is that what you were kind of alluding to? There wasn't much to pick from. Yeah, and how many years ago was that that you were responsible? Twenty fifteen is when I took on programming at the affiliate. So in eight years, you've seen like I mean, I, I can think of we could probably name ten. off ten right yeah. off the bat of people yeah. that offer um 60 minute class style structure you know including cap yeah um workouts for their gym so which started as like one of those 10 cap started as like this is hand, an hand plan right? hand yeah plan. so when we talk about when we talk about this like I, when i started smtp i was like oh, i'll do it for affiliates too and it's so much work to program for other affiliates uh-huh why 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 i think one I like a really personal approach. So like I was talking to every affiliate once a week and like helping them out with one, if you write a general program for all gyms, it's really hard to capitalize on what they have available at their specific facility. So like talking with a gym once a week to help adjust workouts to what they have available and what they're That's capable of doing. Huge. Yeah. Massive, but so much fucking work. Um, and I, 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 long story short, it's so much work and I started it because or I wanted to do, I was like, wow, Hamplan killed it. And like, maybe we could turn into something like that. And then Hamplan got bought by Cap. 
or CrossFit and turned into cap. And then they released that they're going to offer it with the affiliate fee. And I'm like, nah, fuck that. I'm not going to try to compete with that. <laughs> they include it in the affiliate fee and cap gives you like the PDF document you get for a week of cap programming. You could probably read it for like four hours, lesson plans, scaling modifications, videos for movements. It's unbelievable and insanely valuable. But I think long story short, it's just really hard to program for other gyms and be like, oh, I can be creative. I can do exactly what I want. I know how fit my members are and what they're capable of. And really equipment. I think I think more than anything, it's equipment in your space and how you can utilize it and be creative. Yeah, and I think the 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 biggest piece of advice I would give anyone that does program for their gym or that maybe is going to open up a new gym and wants to take on that responsibility is maybe the same thing that makes it so difficult to program for other people's communities. You have to know the community you're programming for. Yeah. You have to, that's the number one thing. So if I get on and start rattling off all the principles that I try to include in a week's programming, Hiller may say, well, you know what? Like that won't fly at my gym. My average clientele is someone that works out two to three days a week and is the ages of 35 and 55 and don't have competitive aspirations and don't like to be in the gym six to seven days a week. So the way we program should be completely different. What we program should be different. The degree in which we program certain skills and intensities and volume and all that should vary. So when you're giving that to someone else without knowing the bodies that are walking into their doors every day, it makes it tough. And then you're wondering, I wonder if his, I wonder if their members are enjoying this. I wonder if they're hitting the stimulus that I want them to hit because I wonder what kind of athletes are at that gym. It, it makes it really unknown. I have a leading question for Hiller. So, well, it starts with JR. JR, how many times a month do you program muscle ups for your gym? A month? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, some months there are four weeks, some months there are five. So at least okay. one, so once a week, at least once a week, uh, I would say we program muscle ups, me and Andy program together for our gym once every two to three weeks. And there are maybe <clears throat> 10 to 15 out of our like 220 ish members that can do muscle ups reliably in a workout. How many in your gym, JR? Uh, ring. Yeah. 30 to 40. Do you think that's Hiller? Do you think that's a by? I'm just so curious. Do you think that's a byproduct of the programming? Or do you think his programming attracts that type of person to the gym versus like, like that's a question I've thought about. Like, because Andy, before I programmed with Andy, he would, we would never see muscle ups. Fucking, he loves deadlift, heavy day. What percentage of your gym is that? Because you said 10 to 20, JR said 30. Is that equally about maybe 10 to 20% of your membership? I have probably like, it's probably like 5% of our membership can do muscle ups. Do muscle and I, ups? Feel, I feel like in JR's gym, it's probably like 20 to 30, maybe more. That's okay. That, that's, that's important because you guys gave numbers, but I didn't know like the relative yeah. number. I would say it's a byproduct of time. How long has Charlotte been open for? Dude, 2006. And, oh, and how long have you been programming for and been at the helm? Oh, not long. Like, like, uh, mm. Eight months, maybe. And maybe, JR, maybe longer. you and Crash, how long? Eight years. And in eight years, maybe your numbers will be approaching that twenty percent. Okay, that's 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 a good that's a good okay. I like that. That's a good way to put it. Perhaps, yeah. and I don't know if that's maybe your intention. Maybe that's not the way you set it up. 
I definitely think like, hey, if there's something you, you know, you're, this is a, a Glassman quote, but your difficulties describe your needs. Like if you can't do something, that's something you should be working on. I believe in that. I also know that we definitely have a bit of an older population and these people just have no interest in doing a must. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're like, I started CrossFit to get off the couch and get healthy. And I'm 50, a 55 year old dude. I don't have any interest in doing a muscle up or a fucking 80, 80 year old woman in one of our classes named Brenda. She just has no interest in that, which is cool. But I, but yeah. Well, JR, tell me if I'm wrong. Maybe there are some people in a similar position as Taylor, but spend enough time in the environment where every single day you strive for just a little bit more and you might accidentally end up doing muscle ups if you're just kind yeah. of coached along the right path. Yeah, I think, I, I think a lot of times what it takes is appear, <laughs> appear that you see yourself um, equal to, like similar scores, similar weights, similar skills. And then one day that person's just like, I think I can do one of those. Yeah. That's and it. you yeah. give them a couple of cues and they do it. And then the person who watches them is like, oh, no, well, if, if they can do it, then I know I can. They really had no intention of learning it. But because they saw someone that they saw as like, a, oh, yeah, you know, we always do rope climbs with legs together. We never do legless. It's all good. But then one day they're like, I think I could climb it legless because I can do a bunch of strict pull-ups. And they do it. And before you know it, three other people are trying to get a legless rope climb. And that's yeah. how it starts. Yeah. So I think a lot of times it can just be from coaches. Right. We've, it's not always prompted by the yeah. coach, I don't think. We've we've drifted to that. We've just drifted in that direction, which I like. I I to go back to the original programming for other gyms versus programming for yourself. I do not miss trying to program for other gyms. I love programming in general, but it's just so difficult. It is so difficult when you're not there and your like feet aren't on the ground, you're not inside the affiliate, you don't know the members, you don't know. How their gym you, is laid you out. You do not do that right now. You don't. You no. Know. Okay. Jr. You yeah. do not either. No, I don't program for other gyms. And have you have you ever you've tried it, Taylor? I tried it. Uh, yeah, I tried it, and it went well for a while, and then it was just like, how does that was, end up being a final? You you're not doing it anymore. Um, one gym left, and I was like, man, wait, we weren't getting a lot of like new interest in it. I didn't have like a big, I didn't have a good system in place. Like I, I basically was programming on a Google doc and sharing that because the programming platform that I have doesn't have a system in place to distribute for affiliates. It's more like individual people. Um, I didn't have a big enough base to go to SugarWad and be like, Hey, let, let me distribute my programming through you without them fucking me in the ass price wise, probably. Um, one person fell off and then cap was like, Hey, this is going to be included in your affiliate fee. And I'm like, fuck. All right, Spencer, you take the dub here. Um, I'm out. <laughs> Andy's son, who's one of the, he runs cap for CrossFit him. Got and it, got it. Hobart. Yeah. I've always had this thing about, I've had people ask you, Hey, can you program for my affiliate? It's the entire sentiment that you guys just pitched up, which was, I don't know what you've got. I don't know the vibe and the current status of your affiliate fitness level. I don't know yeah. what each and every class looks like because when I would program for the affiliate, I would sit there and I would think, okay, I got this. I called, I mean, people have used the term avatars in the past. Here's an avatar. Here's an avatar. And just a subset of person that you imagine going through the workout as they're mm -hmm. doing. And maybe there's, three of them in my affiliate, but the three in either of you two's affiliate or anyone else over the course of however, 15,000 many affiliates, they could look very different. And yeah. it takes a lot of energy 
to figure out who those three avatars could be while they're going through these workouts. Yeah. And then I remember when I left my affiliate, they jumped on shock. And one of the last oh. things that I did over there is I got 10 skiers and I had a member talk to me and they go, Hey, you've been gone eight months and we've used the skiers one time on a Saturday because it was a random workout. And I go, well, <laughs> 10 skiers are going to waste. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's what happens when you don't have somebody in house. Yeah. Programming. Like we have, we have 12 GHDs now and I'll, most like JR, you have a shit ton of GHDs. Yeah. 12. <laughs> and most affiliates don't, they've got like one or two. I'll see. We have two. Yeah. You program GHD sit-ups for us and you program for your affiliate and we jump aboard. Like, yeah. hey, how do we fit uh 15 people under 12 to Exactly. GHD? Exactly. But we do, um, man, we do GHDs once a week or, or definitely once every two weeks and all of our members could do them. So I think that's a, you know, going back to the muscle up thing. Like if you put it there and people see it often enough, they're going to be able to do it. But, and then we have this, this other thing we have, like outside of our building, we have this grass hill that's like maybe 50 feet long and it's just fucking straight up. And oh, dude, cool. Andy, yeah, Andy loves, we do like hill runs like every Saturday. People love them, but you can't program that stuff for other affiliates. I think that's why people fall in love with CrossFit. They come to a place where like, holy shit, I never would have thought to do this. Yeah. Whereas you have this general program that's programming the same stuff each week because they know everyone can do it and you lose that flavor. Yeah, it's really cool, I think if you program for your own gym to take advantage of things that your gym has that, you know, other people don't like you guys have that hill. You have that really big flat open parking lot in the back where you could do like prowler sprints with in the summer. And you can yep. do, you have access to stuff like that. I have the turf where I can do as much sled work as I want. And it's one of the like main principles. Part of my affiliate programming is like, we are going to push reverse drag forward drag the sled every single week. Yeah. And just recently someone came up to me and they said, you know, I hear about some people saying their shoulders nag them occasionally, and some people will talk about maybe their low back every now and then, depending on what they've done extra for a lot of people that, that competitive uh, train. But you don't hear many people gripe about their knees. And you know, I think it's all the sled work that we do. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I, I think that there is a lot to that. Obviously, Ben Patrick's a big proponent of doing that kind of stuff as like warm-ups and cool down. But something like using the sled whether you reverse drag it heavy with eight plates or you push it or you, or you do whatever with it in a partner workouts or individual workouts is there is no eccentric loading. So unlike really heavy squats or, or heavy pulls from the floor, you're not getting the opportunity to get really, really sore or injure yourself like some of those other things. Yeah. So where a lot of people hate the sled, if I don't program it in a week for some reason, they're like, what's up? No sled this week. Like, are we doing it Sunday for burn? What's going on? Like same way with GHD, same thing. So your, your clients get used to what you give them and uh, at least mine, they'll call me out if I'm not consistent. Like if, uh, we do strict pulling of some kind every single week, that's one of the things I try to make sure we hit because CrossFit has so much pressing in so many different planes, burpees, pushups, dips, overhead pressing, handstand movements, uh, bench press, um, all that. And there's not a ton of pulling, right? You've got rope climbs, you've got pull-ups, you've got some other hanging movements, but they're straight arm, right? Correct. You've got hand over hand, which I can use. So strict pulling is a big, big thing that I try to do to keep the shoulders healthy and keep everyone a little bit balanced. And if I don't program them Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, all a lot of my members will mess with me and be like, so legless rope climbs tomorrow, right? 
strict yeah. pull-ups tomorrow, right? Like they know it's coming. And to me, that's not a bad thing. They, they expect a certain amount of balance and they expect a certain yeah. variety of movements and they're doing that, which is, which is awesome. Maybe that's why a lot of your members can do muscle ups. All the strict pulling, maybe a lot of pulling. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. I think what I wanted to talk about most on the show was like the process for programming for your gym. Like what, like, what does that look like? Do you use a strength template? Do you go through cycles? How do you start with nothing and then end up with a week of programming or two weeks or however, and how far do you go out in advance or what does that look like? Like, how do you sit down and do that? Either you can go, which one of you wants to go first? Hiller? You go, you go, Andrew. I go, Andrew. Okay. I've always had this extended view at some sort of a leg strength or into endurance cyclical pattern going. And there was a point in time where I had a little bit of kickback from some members who thought that they knew better about programming than me. And then I took every single, what would have been a Monday and I go, do you see the progression over the past 18 months at any point in time, you could have jumped in on this and you would have seen that it's like a six week block here. And then there's a six week block here and they do build off one another. And I think the term is auto-regulation. You almost, as you coach the classes, you're in the fight, you're watching everybody go through it. You can almost say, well, the next couple of weeks, I wanted to continue building on this progressively heavier sets of 10 every Monday. But it seems as if everyone's really getting hammered down. So maybe we'll switch into a seven and everyone can continue on moving with speed positions on their squats through sevens. And then once you figure out that you've tapped out the back squat, we move into a squat or a front squat or a lunge. And then you just kind of come back around into the squat. And it's always this cyclical fashion. And I've never had any sort of a template as far as a Wendler, a 531, or a conjugate style where you're using bands and chains. And that would be kind of an accessory slash if you wanted more work or if it was a priority to any specific individual at that time. You could throw it at him and say, hey, here's some pieces you can throw in. Do this on a day two or three days removed from Monday where you know the legs are going to be overloaded. But the big piece there, again, is having a sense of how everybody's doing yeah. and then having some sort of an idea of where you are going, because there's always like eight weeks. You always look at it, but you can always play with it as yeah. well. So I'd say eight weeks was about eight. as far as I would ever look as far as you would ever look. And you would st would you start with like a strength progression and then build off that for your workouts? Was it always like two pieces in a day or, or like two pieces in a class where you had some strength or some sort of lift or accessory and then a workout or? Did you follow CrossFit football at all? Turned into power athlete. Yeah, with uh, John Wellborn and mm -hmm. Tex. I actually I did a camp with him. Uh, did Tex. you pick up and kind of hold on to it all the parts where it's equal parts pushing to pressing horizontal and vertical and squatting, hinging and lunging are kind of the planes of movement in the lower body? Yeah. I would look at it as hit it heavy, hit it light, maybe hit it light twice depending on the time of year, depending on how many times you had pressed or pushed in the other fashion. So you look at like move, you look at like movement patterns in terms of like upper body push, pull. Right. Okay. It's like we hit the legs heavy twice this week. We did it here yeah. and here, and then we did it four other times over the course of the week, Metcon strength accessory pieces. And then usually like two pieces in a class or two pieces. Oh, really would follow the strength or Olympic lifting or skill work followed by some sort of conditioning piece workout. And then there, there would be that ever so often double strength piece and the members would freak out. Oh, double lift. We're doing a double lift today, guys. No breathing. Everyone would show up and they'd be all, <laughs> it's almost the opposite of JR's. JR's like, we're going to do this massive cardio session and everyone's into it. <laughs> that was my double lift day for people. Bench right. and squat, huh? <laughs> How does it look for you, JR? Yeah, I think, um, 
to keep myself honest because I'm not biased to heavy, I will always pick two days a week, two lifts that will do a minimum of six week cycle, maximum of 10. We're actually in the middle of a 10 week one right now with a pause squat. And it's just one that I made up. So I said, all right, everyone pick one front or back squat. You're going to do a heavy three for the day of three down, three in the bottom, explode up. Week two, two rep max, three down, three in the bottom, and then one rep. Next three weeks, two down, two in the bottom, two down, two in the bottom, two down, two in the bottom. And then the last one, three rep, one second pause in the bottom, one second pause in the bottom, one second pause in the bottom. So the 10th week, I'll just tell them to work up to one rep max with free tempo. No pause at all, front or back. And I know most of them will PR. What week was that? Did you say 10th week? That'll be the 10th. Yeah. Okay. So 10th and week. then likewise, I started a deadlift just as like a deadlift EMOM every Tuesday. Fives, fours, threes, and then fives, fours, threes again. But you had to go heavier than the first wave of three weeks. Very simple. Getting in some volume, but also pulling pretty heavy. They could choose touch and go or drop and go. I like to give a lot of freedom when it comes to stuff like that. Yeah. And then that same week, they'll pull to a heavy. And they can do it EMOM style where they just work up to a heavy single for the day. Or I'll give them like a 20-minute clock and just say, hey, you can work up to a heavy single as heavy as you want to go. Because there are some people that have been coming for 8, 9, 10 years that have no interest in one rep maxing. Whether they don't want to compare themselves to a stronger self or because they have no interest in doing it because they've hurt themselves doing it in the past when the music's going and they're looking around and they're trying to compare. So as far as strength goes, I usually will pick two right? Two days minimum. And if there's a third day, it usually is a gymnastic strength session, okay. whether it's um, strict pull-ups, weighted strict pull-ups, weighted dips, um, something body weight based though. And then, so after the deadlift and squat is over, I'll pick something complimentary, right? So pull and squat heavy. So chances are I'll either do like a push press, a strict press or a bench press one day, and then on the other day, I'll do something dynamic like a snatch or a clean, maybe from the hang, something like that. Um, so that's kind of how I do my strength stuff. And then typically what I do is I don't program very far out. I usually will only have two to three workouts that are set in stone for the week. Yeah. And everything else I do by feel because I do the workout myself yeah. based on how that day goes. I'm looking around. I'm seeing people. Oh, man, like. I didn't think that was going to fatigue my shoulders. My shoulders are shot. Uh, okay, cool. Good to know. Maybe a bunch of overhead lunges isn't the best thing for tomorrow then. So I'll maybe yeah. change it to a front rack or something like that. But yeah, that's, you know, partner workouts every Wednesday and Saturday, which for most gyms is like you do two a week that are partner. And just over the year, I found that people really either enjoy it or they know a partner workout is a way to keep a lot of people honest. And what I mean by that is if me and you are going rep for rep and it's a movement that you can hammer me on, I'm going to rest far less with you staring at me than I would if I was doing it by myself. Yeah. Likewise, if there's a gymnastics movement that you can carry someone else on, hey, I'm going to do sets of 10. This person's going to do sets of six and we're both pushing ourselves to our limits. It's all relative. The intensity the accumulated volume, all that stuff is relative to our abilities. So while some people occasionally have pushed back and been like, I don't really like the partner workouts. It's usually a rest day that I take. Most of the people over the course of the eight years that I've been programming really have seemed to enjoy the Wednesday, Saturday partner thing. Yeah. 
We do when I, so on SMTP and the way I like to program is also in kind of that like mid range of like strength block type of stuff. And I would do like a six week block where they have like three lifts each week. So like a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, for example, and then each week is pretty like variable, kind of similar to the way both you said, like maybe week one's a tens with a pause here, week two is an eight, week three is a six, et cetera. Um, maybe Monday's a squat, Wednesday's a hinge, and Friday's like a power Olympic day or a strength. And I've done a lot of that on SFTV, and I like that. And when we were doing, when I first started with Charlotte, like I did that initially, and it just, from going from the way Andy programmed, which is very like classic CrossFit.com, programming course which is you talking about build do heavy five for the day and you're done ish yeah almost like that pretty much do a 2K um, roll and you're done yeah yeah so people almost didn't like it like they almost didn't like how repetitive it was in terms of okay week week one day one or monday is going to be a squat wednesday is going to be a pull friday is going to be a clean and jerk complex or something like that uh, or gymnastic strength pull or press, whatever. And week two is the same thing. It might be a little, like maybe it's a wide grip bench on week one and a close grip with a pause on week two or something like that. But they, it was like too repetitive um, for our gym or for whatever. Maybe they're just so used to like that classic CrossFit. They didn't like it. And so the way we do it now is we stay pretty true to like, there's a heavy day, maybe once a week. Um, if not every two weeks, we're like, like this past week, we had a five by one overhead squat, five by three front squat, five by five back squat all in the same session, similar to .com. And then the CrossFit, me and Andy sit down and we write like two weeks out or we look at we look at the previous two weeks. OK, what's everything we did? Uh, we did thrusters this week. Maybe we need to do wall balls this week. Um, and we write it out like that in terms of I, I always look at things like I have maybe a list of like. 10 movements that I think like we should do every week, like some sort of pull up, some sort of press or overhead gymnastics, some sort of squat, at least once a week, some sort of deadlift or pull from the floor, at least once a week, stuff like that. Um, but we got away from doing the structured progressions. It just seemed like, I don't know. Have you ever had any pushback on that? Structured progressions and yeah, like, like them a, and it being kind of boring. Yeah. Um, I actually think I had people who would look forward to the structure for yeah. the, the, the certain days, certain people, of course, always. And it never really became too long. Cause as I said, as I sensed people were getting tired of it, you just, yeah. It. yeah. Tired also means less intense for sure. Right. And if, if I have one member in mind in particular, and it would almost be to a T I could dictate the, the, the vibe of the gym based upon what this person would think about their squats on any particular Monday. Yeah. Or their lunges on that Monday or their uh, deadlifts on a Friday. Like, all right, it's time to switch it up because this person's had enough. And this person is not not too much. It's like, it's like the three little pigs. This person's just right in the middle and either side is probably feeling it too. Yeah. But again, it goes back to in-house programming. Yeah, what are your people and like? We, we moved away from that a little bit. And is there an ideal way? I don't, I don't know if that's where you wanted to go with this, but. An ideal way to program? either in-house or out of house, uh, oh. outsourcing your programming. You mean is one ideal over the other? Cause how many gyms have you been into that have a mayhem affiliate programming? Yeah. I, th- like I I'm talking crap about it. No, 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 for sure. I would, I would rather, 
I would rather for the athlete's sake, more so than the gym owner's sake. If you know you're not passionate about it, if you know you're not educated about it, if you know you're really not prioritizing it, I would rather see someone outsource it to someone that doesn't know their clientele with the understanding that maybe they can see a workout that's programmed and slightly tweak it for the people in their gym versus them just haphazardly throwing workouts together and not caring and not giving their members a good product. But I think I did. Go ahead. I think think the answer there is a couple of layers to it. Yeah. If you are to do it in house, you must have an understanding of how to do it to a degree and your members to a degree. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to outsource it, there better damn well be some sort of communication about who they're writing it for. And then also have people ready to push the, the, the people in the right direction. So if you're going to be doing this workout, why it, it can't just be a workout. It can't just be random crap. There has yeah. to be some sort of direction. You said cap does that a giant PDF. Oh That's dude. Yeah. Their lesson plans are unreal. I, I feel like if the you are an <laughs> yeah, if you're an affiliate and you pay an affiliate fee, you should be looking at cap every week. Even if you don't use their workouts, you just learn so much. I feel like in my mind, it's ideal programming wise to have someone in house that wants to get good at it or is good at it and can get a good sense of their affiliate and programs in house. I, I just think that that's better because then again, you can utilize like all of your equipment. Like we can utilize our GHDs. We have fucking 25 foot ropes. We have the hill out back and eight prowler sleds and all sorts of shit. Um, I think that's better than us just saying, okay, we're, we're just going to do cap. And we did cap for a while and Andy would just, or it was hand plan and Andy would just tweak it all the time or just change workouts all the time. He's like, ah, fuck that. I don't like that. I want us to use our GHDs this week or whatever. Um, that's my opinion. I think it's better in-house. But if you don't have any in-house that can do it, anybody in-house that can do it, then yeah, outsource. What are some things, and I don't mean to, I'm just super interested in what you guys have to say. You absolutely cannot have, as far as the workouts going down in an affiliate, what are some, you walk in there, you see it and you just can't bear it. You have to walk out because I've had it. (laughs) Like guys, I don't know why this is happening right now. Do you have any of those? Just things that are either going down in an affiliate. I, I guess I can lead off with this thing which is you walk in you look at the membership base and it's a whole bunch uh and i'm not saying that you shouldn't be doing this and there isn't a reason for it but everybody and you can pretty quickly pick up on the genre of people you walk into a boot camp class they want to sweat yeah they want to they want to hop on the assault bike they want to do burpees they want to do maybe kettlebell swings and then work their butt and they're like that 9 a.m class whole bunch of women in their 40s and 50s and they'll self-admittedly tell you it's like you know what i don't really want to snatch today and then you walk into that class and all they're doing is over at squatting. And I'm not saying that they shouldn't have the tools to do that, but there's like a disconnect there. And it's what we just talked about. There, there's something somewhere along the chain that are feeding these people, these workouts. And I'm wondering if there's anything like that for you guys. Have you seen anything that's like, what's going on here? How does nobody know this? JR, do you want to take that first? Hmm. I, I've been in a, a lot of affiliates recently. And since I left mine, I kind of like have been around just like, okay, I'm just going to shut my mouth and save this for a story. I I guess I feel like I can, I can answer it to some degree. I feel like for me, the biggest thing that I hate seeing in an affiliate is a coach that can't communicate the intent of the workout 
and get everybody in the class on board with why they're doing what they're doing and how they're going to do it in the workout. For example, like if, if we have a population, like, so pick one class, if we have our 3.30 PM class, which is mainly older women, um, like think 40 to 80 in the 3.30 PM class, it might be 10 ladies. And the workout is like fucking JT. <laughs> how, yeah. So how do you, I, I don't think that JT is a bad workout for them. Um, or it depends are, how they do it. Yeah. Do it. Can any of them do it RX? Probably not in that group. But for me, the disconnect is walking in and there's a coach that can't communicate how and why you're going to do that and get a good stimulus out of it and get a good workout out of it. And the coach is just like, all right, fucking banded pushups for all three movements or whatever, you know, fucking assisted, whatever. Uh, just like terrible scales, bad communication. Okay. Um, I think one thing that we do a good job of is when you have like those classic CrossFit days where it's just like a five by one overhead squat, five by three front squat, five by five back squat, communicating to the members like, Hey, you're not likely to get out of breath today, but that's not where the intensity is going to come from. The intensity is going to come from the loading and heavy days are important. Um, so your big thing there and what might quote unquote grind your gears is being unable to tell people what you're doing things for. Yeah. Which is the point of a coach in the first place. Yeah. I guess I'm trying to think of really stupid workouts and I guess I just haven't, like I, I haven't looked at any really dumb workouts in a long time. So it's hard for me. Well, one thing I hate are fucking 12 days of Christmas workouts. I just hate them personally. Um, I have a story, but I'm not doing it. <laughs> All right. JR. I got a, a, unless JR's got one. I've got another one. No, that's, it's really interesting that you bring up that point because what I was thinking about is, um, that I can't really walk into a gym and see a workout for just that workout and think that it's appropriate or not appropriate. I don't know what those people did the day before. I don't know what the coach yeah. has planned for them the day after, but what I do, what I am trying to coach the coaches on is by Thursday or Friday, being able to almost give a week synopsis of where we're at and why at this point of the week, we're doing what we're doing. Yeah. So like, you know, this week, for instance, um, Monday was like an up and back chipper that was long, right? It was a long grinder. It had empty barbell thrusters, um, in it, it had light sled. And then Tuesday was one minute on one minute off for 10 sets, 30 seconds, max cow biker into 30 seconds, max sandbag load to a 48 inch box. So really high intensity, a hinging day. And it was with deadlifts, right? So a lot yep. of hinging. And then Wednesday, yesterday was a partner workout. It had box step-ups and lunges. So it was a single leg day there. And then it had gymnastics, right? It had wall walks and strict handstand push-up, and then it had cow skier with rope climb. So on Thursday, when people come in, I want them to be able to say, Hey guys, listen, this is what we've done so far this week. These are kind of the feels that you guys should be having at this point. Who in here's glutes are a little bit sore, right? From the deadlift day and then all the single leg work tomorrow, right? Okay, cool. Well, today we're doing movements from the hang, right? We're still going to work some aggressive hip opening. We haven't had a lot of that this week at all. And then we're going to end with a lot of flexion of the trunk, burpees and GHDs, mm -hmm. right? Because we really haven't done a lot of that this week. So I want them to be able to not only explain the workout for that day and the stimulus, but why at this point of the week we're here and why we're doing those things, why we're not doing pull-ups after all the rope climbs the day before, why we're not doing a bunch of 
high volume overhead movements because we just did a lot of handstand pushups and a lot of wall walks the day before. So I think stuff like that, people, while they might not care about the nuances of programming at all, they do care that you're thinking about their bodies and not overdoing certain muscle groups. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, and, and we don't just do one thing a day either. I th one thing I think about when I think about classic CrossFit programming, and when you take the level two, they, they kind of hammer this home and they, it's almost like this idea that every coach at every affiliate is like a flow master. And you should, you know, the more you pack into a class, the less coaching there's going to be. And if you only do the 2k row, you should spend 20 minutes on a warm up, 20 minutes on a cool down, a little bit of stretching. And then you have that middle block in the center where you're just getting peak intensity on a 2k row. And a good coach can take everybody through that hour class. That's just focused on a 2k or a five by five deadlift. And by the end, they're feeling smoked. And I don't necessarily agree with that to, I don't fully agree. With I don't that. agree with that at all. Yeah. So, okay, you can necessarily not agree. I don't agree at all. <laughs> I agree. I agree to the extent where like maybe one day a week there should be. That's called an on-ramp class. Yeah. Right. Where it's like 40 minutes of coaching and taking people through PVC pipe drill instructions and then a 10 minute workout. And yeah, we don't do that. The 2K, where you're supposed to be at what points during the 2K. Exactly. Monitor. Like yeah. people who have been at your affiliate for some time. They know. Yeah. And, and at the end. Yeah, for sure. They, they better know. And I think it's important for sure for people to come in and get like, holy shit, that hour kicked my butt. And I spent most of it working, working out like a lot of it working out. And so, you know, for example, like Monday we had our workout was a 15 minute AMRAP of 12 burpees to target and six clean jerks, just a shit couplet that just crushed people for 15 minutes, uh, 155, 105. Um, and before that, we did lifting. We had every two minutes for seven sets was the open complex is a deadlift, power clean, hang power clean, push jerk. So just with the stipulations that you couldn't squat it. So deadlift, clean, hang clean, jerk. Um, so we had lifting and that progressed into the workout, which we were doing clean and jerks in. And we do that three days a week for sure, at least. Um, or like today we had a workout that was dumbbell snatches and muscle ups. And like prior to the workout, we had like a muscle up skill piece and then people built up to a heavy one rep dumbbell snatch. Um, so I, I like that. That's my preferred format. I don't like days where it's just one thing and nothing else. I'm just addressing that because someone in the comments was like, so Taylor only does like a 2k row in the, in the no, class. Actually the opposite. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I like to add in more, um, and I think a good coach can handle that. Um, but it's interesting when they do the level two and how they, you know, it's like when you do your two workouts in the level two, one workout is just a Metcon and there's like a 20 minute warm up, one workout, 20 minute cool down. And then the next day is the heavy day. And so you spend like fucking 30 minutes warming up and then you take 20 minutes going heavy and then you have a 10 minute cool down. And I think they do that to emphasize that like you could do a lot of coaching in an hour. And people pay for coaching, but at the end of the day, people also pay to come and work out. Like they, they're not always getting, they don't always want to come in and be told what to do for 40 minutes. If that makes sense. I'd say more people come in to work out than do not. For sure. Then, then I should, I should probably say then to be coached. Yeah. Yeah. And of course there's a gray area where most of them fall into it. Probably 90% of them want some sort of coaching and that level varies one yeah, side yeah. or the other. Yeah. But more people come into workout than do to be coached in my I, opinion. Yeah, for sure. And I think the best coaches can give them both. 
Yes. Can steer people in the right direction and then hands off and let them crush themselves. And then the program, what do you, who, who does that for them? Who, how, how does that kind of usher them towards the goal? Right. Yeah. JR thoughts on that. Yeah. Um, like I said earlier, I think your, your, your members get used to a certain product that you give them. And if you, yeah. if you stray from that, a lot of the ones that are really honest will, um, verbally or non-verbally tell you, right? So if yeah. I, if I, um, this doesn't ever happen, but next week, if I was just like, Hey, we're just gonna, I'm going to pick a random date and a random year, month, day, and we're just going to do com for a full month and that's it. Um, without trying to convince them that that was the right way, there would just be a lot of people staying after coming in early to do more stuff. That's yeah. just, that's the, they're, they're all a bunch of cortisol monkeys, right? They're, they're junkies. <laughs> like they, 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 like they, that. they want what you give, what you give them and what they're used to. And I, and I tell people all the time because we do have a really, really, really fit average um, member at our gym for sure. But we also have people that are coming in that are on metformin, people coming in that uh, are 50 and 60 years old that just want to be able to play with their grandkids. We, we do have that. And if you have a good program, but more importantly, if you have coaches that can meet you where you are and see that, hey, dude, you do not need to be doing 100 GHD setups. Mm. I think it's important that you get on this machine and you yeah. learn how to recruit the right muscles, but we're going to go to half range of motion. And instead of doing rounds of 10, you're gonna do rounds of five. Yeah. But a lot of people just, I don't think don't have that. They, 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 they don't have the person um, leading the class to help people make that distinction of mm -hmm. like, Hey, I know this workout calls for this, but you know, I don't think it's safe that you do that to make sure that you still get a really good workout and you're able to keep moving, we're going to tweak the rep scheme a little bit. Yeah. So you think most coaches are like, okay, we have a hundred JHC sit-ups today. They're just going to do an ab mat. That or um, just be tough and get through the hundred. Like that's not, that's not the, that's not the answer either. Yeah, I um, know. Yeah. Uh, My favorite is, well, I did this. <laughs> I never use myself an ex as an example when well, coaching. That's why you're better than just about everyone else who says that. Ever. I, I did I, this workout earlier in 10 minutes, so you'll probably do it in 13. You'll probably do it in 17. Oh my God. Something yeah. that I something that I've I've started to do because I, I did get some um tough love, some some good critical feedback by some longtime members here recently that were like, hey dude, um when anything is for time your time caps are super aggressive. Mm. And, and, and while you may be finishing under the cap or the people who are semifinalists that do the classes that are finishing under the cap, like that's not a normal person. Those are people who are more than just fitness enthusiasts, right? Their job is to train or their job is to take care of their kids and then train a lot on the side. Like maybe, um, could you, like maybe instill some more confidence in us because we're coming in every day and we're trying our hardest to finish under the cap, but we're not able to do it. And, and that can, that can make you feel like you're what a failure. You and, and I get that. So what I did was I took that on the chin was like, you know what I should do? I should start providing for workouts that are for time or for even for interval based workouts, provide a target time and then a time cap. Right. So give a target of like, Hey, this is my way of telling you if you're not close to this target, 
you're not um, modifying correctly to get the yeah. desired stimulus of the workout. And if you decide to not do that, that's on you. But then that there's also a time cap where, hey, if you're one of those people that's like RX or die, right? That, yeah. hey, I'm still going to put you out of your misery at this time. So let's say that the workout, um, like Monday's workout target time was 25 minutes and time cap was 30 minutes. And almost everybody was between 25 and 30. Perfect. So instead of just making the time cap 25 and having most people not be able to finish it, most people did finish and they were closer to that target. And a few people were like low 20s that just went faster and finished finished fast. So that's something I know I need to be more aware of. And I try to do that every single workout because this is a whole different conversation, but I try to stay away from the classic AMRAP very much because I think it just lets people get saved by the clock a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you have a lot of other people that are like, dude, I'm going to be a lot more sore than you. I did 50 more GHD sit-ups and 50 more burpees than you did today. <laughs> yeah. We, we prioritize tasks or we put an emphasis on task priority. I think we almost had the opposite issue where for a while our like Andy likes RX plus RX modified. I, I was going to say that. Yeah. So Andy loves that. And then for the longest time, RX plus was like open weights, 50, 35 pound dumbbell. 135, 95 grace, shit like that. And I'm like watching this and then people get to the open and the RX plus is what they're expected to do as like normal. And they just get fucking booty clapped. And there's like this, <laughs> there's this like, oh, there was almost like this stigma that like, oh, the open weights are RX plus. I can't do that. And like, I, I like got super, I got my panties in a big old wad and was like, dude, RX plus is never going to be an open prescribed weight again ever and so like now if we have like you know the workout today rx plus is like a 70 50 pound dumbbell rather than like a 50 35 um but it's because these members if you if you tell them that something if you tell a 45 year old middle-aged man who's just in there to get fit that the rx plus which is what crossfit kind of the 50 30 pound dumbbell for example 50 35 pound dumbbell 50. um well i'm, I'm saying if CrossFit is using the 50 and the 35 as a benchmark for most people, the open registrants, then us telling our affiliate that that's RX plus. And then if you're just in there to get fit, you shouldn't try to do that. That's doing them a disservice, yeah. if that makes sense. So we've, I've, I've gotten like tried to get so far away from that and telling people like, look, if you expect to get fitter, you have to push yourself. And they're so much more capable than what, you know, half the time. I, I also hate it when coaches like look at an athlete and they're like, I'll just do this. And it's just way too easy for them. And they're not pushing them in the right direction. Um, so we uh, had yeah. like, you, you titled this programming for affiliates, right? And I, and I have like this closing, cause you said you also won 45 minutes. So I'm imagining yeah. you're cut it off soon. Yeah, sure. There was this person who came into Chicago who had this way, this mastermind way that affiliates need to be run. And I've listened to it. And the gist of it was that everything was zero down. Like, this is how much time you spend here, 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 and here. And this is going to be the way of the future. And that, that gym was out of business in about four months because everyone hated it. And the gist of it is the, the back end of it was an AMRAP. JR said he steers clear of them. This person insisted that it was the way. Oh, 10 no. minutes because if we started at 50, we know that we're done on the hour. Yeah. The only way we're going to have a successful business model is if we have the time allotted correctly. And what I think we've kind of fallen upon here is that if you're going to do something, it has to be done with both art and science mm. to a degree. You have yeah. to be able to coach. You have to be able to purvey to the people who are doing the workouts and if they have an understanding of those people. But you also have to have a purpose and a pattern and an idea of where you're going with it. And that's yeah. the science. 
Absolutely. And intuition is huge and subjective feel. Like, how does this feel? How do people feel after the week? Uh, how does this look? All that's important. And I hate it's, it's like the battle between CrossFit and strength and conditioning where like all strength and conditioning is three sets of 10, 90 seconds rest between like, this is what the research shows, but like CrossFit is so anti that it's, how does this feel? What's the stimulus? Um, I yeah, think that's yeah. I mean, listen with your eyes, right? I, like I know that. that I, right. I know that doesn't make any sense, but do that. Like, look sure. at your look at your members. Look at them. Are <laughs> you have a member that's five to ten years like at your gym, and you remember that five years ago they looked completely different and they couldn't do a pull up, and that you're doing the right thing. Like they're on the right track. They're yeah. putting in all that work. They're trusting you to help them on that journey. But don't don't get so caught up. I tell people don't get so caught up in the quaternary part. Don't get caught up so caught up in the number of everything. Yeah. Right? Like it's 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 not rational to just think that as you age, you're going to look better and lift more weight all the time and have more energy and um, all this stuff. Right? Like, what do you value? in your fitness are you getting closer and closer to that or are you still on the right path without taking steps backward on the way and you can see that as a coach before even a member a lot of times will notice that they're going through it all right i think jen you know in summary we think it's better for you to program in-house if you have the expertise and if you don't outsource it and then and ask for feedback ask, yeah. re reach out to people who you do trust and, and yeah. ask them what they think about it. a lot of gym owners have done that um with me just that i've never met in person before and yeah. some some locally like it's just kind of it's it's it is how you learn we send workouts back and forth all the time and then me and andy give each other feedback and he tells me that's fucking dumb and i tell him that's fucking dumb all the time and sometimes we yell at each other but it ends up in a pretty good <laughs> in a pretty good product <laughs> So feedback's important, but dope. All right. See you guys later. That's it. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>